and welcome to The Answer Exchange. I'm Austin Lake, and with me as always, Eric Sheets. We hope you guys enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Eric, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing really well. I think we got a really interesting topic on our hands here. A lot of different takes on this topic, I Absolutely. feel like. Absolutely. I think very controversial. It's going to be uh, kind of sports-themed again, um, mainly with the news and things, but uh, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's it's been a heated debate for a while now. Right. And it, it kind of spans ac- across the country when you think about it and some of these things. Absolutely. Spans across college sports in general as opposed to just one sport so i i think i think it'll be i think it'll be an interesting episode um our question today actually comes from Derek Walton he's been a big listener for us so giant shout out to him uh he's uh, he's been a big fan and he came with a three part question for us today which we thought was super interesting he says uh why don't you guys touch on the football player who was suspended because of youtube his name was Donald De La Haye. Then he says, college athletes getting paid, and then the recent statements about how college and football should be separate, as in like, you know, your players who are on the teams not necessarily going to school. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a three-parter. Uh, we're going to touch really briefly on the last one, and then we're going to dive a little bit into the YouTube kicker, and then most of the episode will be whether or not college athletes should be paid or not. So the thing with this Donald De La Haye, let's let's start with let's start with the very last one about the, the uh, school for the... yeah the school and the football player. I I only want to touch on it for about twenty five seconds just because I don't think it's college sports anymore if the football program or any p- program is separate from the school and them not going to school. I I just I think that's a terrible idea. I don't know what your thoughts on that opinion. I agree. I mean, you go to school to play the sport. Um, you have to. You want to get an education. I don't know why you wouldn't, because once you're done with football, how many people are out on the streets now or have lost millions from either getting embezzled or investing in the wrong things? Well, and it's not college sports anymore if you're not going to school. You're just an athlete. You're just, well, you're, you're like a semi-pro athlete is what you are. That's, that's more or less what it is. Buying your time until you can. And that was a really, it was the quarterback from UCLA basically, basically saying, we're working two full-time jobs for you. Right. We'd right. cut back on our school or and give us more football or Right. And I and I I have a problem with that and obviously Eric does as well. So that's all the time that we really wanted to spend on that. Just kind of an overview like no and I think most people would disagree with us. Oh, so absolutely. Sorry to cut you off, but now let's jump into the the kicker from UCF. So his name is Donald De La Hay. He's a marketing major. Um, and he uses his videos kind of as a tool. Um, so what, what's been going on is he was getting paid for, um, doing these kicking videos since he's a kicker at central Florida. He has a, he has a YouTube channel that he's, that he's monetized and, and kind of been making money off of YouTube for, for some of his trick shots and stuff on these, on these videos. And it kind of sounds like this is a statement from the NCAA. I'll, I'm just going to touch on it. Um, he chose not to compete as a student athlete um, so he could continue playing football for the university and earn money from non-athlete YouTube videos. 
Um, he decided he didn't want to separate his athletic-related videos from his non-athletic ones he could monetize, which was outlined in a waiver to maintain eligibility. So what it's saying is if he doesn't have his kicking videos on YouTube and he just has a regular video of maybe of him playing catch with a Frisbee and that's making money, he can keep his YouTube channel because it's not talking about his student-athlete status and it's not talking about his what he's doing, like a platform at school. So, so for all the listeners who haven't heard anything about this, this is a college, a college football kicker who goes to school at UCF. Like we said before, he has a YouTube channel where he kicks like trick shots and stuff on the show or on his, on his channel. And he's been making money off of it. So UCF, the school came out with a statement and said, okay, you either, they, they kind of gave him an ultimatum, you know, either you either you completely take down the, you know, you take down all of your, the football part of it. So you can't say that you're a student athlete at UCF. You can't uh, be using your football abilities in any way. And then you can stay with the program or, or you can stay with your YouTube channel the way that it is, how you've been monetizing it. And, and you're no longer part of our program, more or less. They kind of gave him that ultimatum. For everybody who doesn't know anything or hasn't been listening about uh, the recent news with that. Correct. And if he's just making money off a non-football video, that is not a violation of the NCAA rules. He could continue to do that. Right. So he can have the exact same channel and just choose not to monetize it anymore, and then he'd be fine. And what it sounds like, the NCAA, NCAA did not dis- suspend him. It was UCF that suspended him. Yep, it was the school. So, kind of a long build-up into this, but Eric, what's your opinion on it? I think that he was given the choice what to do. I don't see anything wrong with it because that's just... your. I don't see anything wrong because NCAA gave him a choice. You can keep doing it if you want. Just don't don't bring knowledge to what you're doing like as a student-athlete. They didn't tell him, pick one or the other. They just... Kind of gave him like a clarity. Sure. See, I'm kind of, I'm torn on this because it's not like he's, it's not like he's doing a commercial or he's, you know, being endorsed or, or making money. You know, nobody's giving him money on the side. Like the dude's a, the dude's a marketing major, you know? So like, this is super good for even learning about marketing himself in a way through the YouTube channel. And he's, and he's producing this on his own. You know, it's not like, it's not like, hey, we'll pay you however much money to do this, or we'll give you this if you do this kind of a thing, you know? So, so I'm tore on it because I feel that way about it where, where I think he's kind of being put down because of his ability and where he goes to school at. Maybe this isn't an issue if he goes to school somewhere else because the NCAA didn't shut him down. The school did. However, the problem now arises that... You're opening a wormhole if it is okay, you know? And I just kind of feel like there's been, NCAA's gotten a lot of grief for like boosters paying athletes to compete and stuff. NCAA really didn't do anything wrong. They're kind of giving them the choice to, you know what? If you really want to do this, you do it, but just don't do it like that. You can continue to compete. Just don't reference yourself as a student athlete. Right, right. So, like I said, when I when I originally heard about the story, 
I was I was in disagreement with how they handled the whole thing. To be honest, I was like, well, this is this is kind of crap. All this kid did was put up a YouTube video and people liked it. You know, if nobody likes it, it's not an, it's not an issue. If he doesn't have any subscribers and followers, it's not an issue. But since he did, he be, you know, then he's able then to monetize it because he has such a good following on it, and then that's when it becomes a problem. And so I kind of have a problem with it there just because it's such a simple, you know, such a simple thing that he's doing to monetize it when when he's a, you know, he's a football player the way that it is. You know, he's just using some of his abilities and making some money on the side off of it. However, as I then followed up here, you know, a couple minutes ago, the problem is if that's okay, what else is okay then? Yeah. You there's, know, there's got to be a line drawn in the sand the, of what you can and can't do. Exactly. The, the, the hole just keeps getting deeper and deeper as soon as you open up that bag. And if that's okay, then people will start saying, oh, well, we can do anything on YouTube or anything to self-promote in that, you know, in that kind of scenario. And that's not really something that I'm sure any school, college, or the NCAA in general really wants to get behind. So I can see why he's almost being made an example of. I, but I'm just, like I said, I'm torn. I'm torn on it. I'm not really, I'm not really sure which side of the fence I'm on. And I don't think, I don't think this would have been a problem if this wasn't his YouTube channel, his own personal YouTube channel. Like if he would have went on a YouTube channel and he he's only on there every once in a while, maybe like twice, sure. and they get a bunch of hits and they make money off it, the other person does. It's not his fault. No, then it's not. No. The NCA could maybe say, hey, maybe don't do that, but it's not his fault. But then you gotta look at let's look at the another situation the NCAA stepped in. Five Richmond baseball players were suspended. I think this was last year for playing fantasy football. Now you're asking my opinion on this. Yeah. But I think this is crap. I really do. Uh okay, these are college baseball players for one who played fantasy football there is there's nothing you know like there's no way that they control any of the outcome for the sport and it's i don't know i i just have a problem that the ncaa is almost a little over the top on some of these things it was it was because they play uh technically violated violations because they're in a league with money in it is what the whole thing was right Right. So I know and and that's and that's the specifications that the NCAA you can't you can't more or less do anything like that. Any of anything that's monetized, you can't do the betting. You can't you can't do about anything. They're mm-hmm. very very restricted. Their their hands are tied for anything involving that. And this the definition in the rule they have is you are not eligible to compete if you knowingly participate in any sports wagering activity that involves intercollegiate amateur or professional athletics through a bookmaker a parlay card or any other method employed by organized gambling see to me they're not if they're just in a group of like 10 guys i don't think it's a big deal i think it's a big deal when you get into those big websites like fan the fan duels yeah i think that's where the problems would run in but i think if they're just in a small league which let's be let's be honest here for a minute how many people do you think are participating in like leagues and have money on the table without it being documented yeah. that there's money on the table? Absolutely. A ton. Oh, well, yeah. it's the same. It's the same thing as is theoretically being illegal to gamble anywhere outside of places that it's you know not restricted. 
you know, so if, if me and you go downstairs and we played blackjack tonight and we throw down $5, technically it's illegal, you know? I, I just, I don't, especially the fantasy sports, they're in another sport. They are, they're not in the professional ranks where they could influence a game. Right. They probably don't even know anyone in the game that could influence a game. No. I just don't think, I don't think it's right to suspend them for it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And even, I don't even think that it's right. I understand where the rule starts at. I mean, I know, I understand that, okay, we have to, we have to draw a line somewhere. And I think that they just went too far drawing the line. I think they really went over the top in punishing these kids by suspending them for fantasy football. Yeah. There's, there's a line and I mean, you can tell the line in NCAA sports, they just try to, they try to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't lie. There's, it's happens all over the place. People play fantasy football for money. Right. It's just a matter of if you have a rat that's going to, Basically, just telling you. It's just, it's it's too much. The kids are handcuffed. I mean, these are 20-year-old kids, you know? They don't... They're kids. It, and who... In this day and age, who doesn't play fantasy sports? Almost, if you're, almost everybody does. If and you're in the college. And even if it's not money, there's some kind of bet going on behind it. Oh, yeah. It could you be know? free drinks for one night. Exactly. But technically, that's still really ineligible because that's wagering. Exactly. Exactly. So I think... So that I I think we're in a agreement here that that the punishment was over the top and the rule itself I think is over the top. We understand uh, the backgrounds to the rule why maybe something like that has to be there, but I think I I think that they're just being way overpunished. This is this is a perfect example of NCAA over overusing their power mm-hmm. and then kind of gave a warning like you know yeah. With the Donald De La Hoy, hey, or yeah, like you can do it, just don't, just don't, right? Promote yourself exactly. essentially, which he's a marketing major, it's a tool, but which is another misconception is a lot of people think, well, they they made him quit, you know, it, it was actually his decision, and to it was quit. his, and it was his decision to step away from it because because he didn't want to separate, you know, that account, he didn't want to take down the football, the the kicking videos. And he didn't want to stop monetizing that account. So it was, in the in the long run, his decision. Now behind closed doors, I don't know if that was true. But in the yeah. public, in the public's eyes, it wasn't like, "Hey, you're done because of this." Yeah. I mean, it, it, he he had a decision one way or another, and it all depends on who you ask about it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have kept making. I'm sure UCF kind of said, "Quit altogether." Until you're done with football. Right. And they might, and they very well might have. And I'm sure the NCAA probably just said that I'm sure they probably said the same thing too. Right. But they had to put it out in a statement that kind of says differently. Okay. Well, um, how about we jump to break? And when we come back, we'll jump into whether or not college athletes should be paid. And uh, we can kind of get into that debate right after this. And we're back to probably the beefier part of the show. Um kind of what kind of what I was really looking forward to talking about and that is should college athletes be paid? 
Um, I guess we'll jump right into it. Eric, what do you think? We're both former athletes in college. But when I think of this question, I think more of like the bigger college sports, like obviously the NCAA and stuff. And, and like the Division One, yep. uh big big sports, football, big basketball. Sports. Yep. I think of that. And when I think of that, I think absolutely those guys should be paid. The NCAA's marketing video games, EA Sports used to make the NCAA basketball and football. And they're using this player's likeness and then Let's just take, for example, Texas A&M, John, when Johnny Manziel was there. You see all these people walking around in number two jerseys. You know who that is. They know who that is. It might not say his name on the back, but people aren't dumb. Okay. Um, I actually disagree. My in short answer is I don't think that they should be paid. And I I have a couple reasons as to as to why. First, coming off of your point that very few of the big-time sports are actually the ones that are pulling in those big amounts of money, right? You think of you think of football, and you think of men's and even women's basketball has could make a profit. They bring in a lot of money. But after that, I mean, there's several sports who don't. You know, they don't get televised. They don't they don't get the name recognition. People really don't know. Like, who's the who's the best volleyball player in Division One sports right now? Well, you also this you is, know this is what I think of it as too. Not to cut you off, but let's think of the college football playoffs, the NCAA March Madness tournament, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. If a conference makes it to that tournament, let's say like the ACC, they have a team that's in the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. That conference is going to get more money from a TV deal from that. Right. They're making money to put back into the university. The university's getting that money. Right, but that's good for the kids too for that kind of exposure moving to the next level. Now the point that I was like the point that I was making before is if if the football programs and the basketball programs they're bringing in all the money, is it fair that like did they just get paid and then like all your other sports don't? I mean there's a lot of sports who are just like the small town, you know, the NAIs and and the D2s who aren't bringing in tremendous amount of money, if if the football players are getting paid because of their exposure, is it fair that the volleyball teams don't or the swim teams don't? Is that is that fair? They're they're getting equally opportunities to be exposed as well. Like the volleyball players, it's not like they don't have any awards and stuff like this. They have the same type of awards that football do. No, they do, but people don't watch them. You know, they're they're not on TV. They're not. I mean, it's an it is it's an entertainment business, and I can see why a lot of people say, "Well, it's the kids that are putting this on. It's the kids who deserve that money back." But it's not. You know, it's not. You know, Sally Joe's fault that she was good at swimming rather than good at playing basketball. Well, then that's where the TV deals come in. They're still making money off those TV deals. Like, look at Texas; they got the Longhorn Network now. There's places that have TV deals that are going to kick in some money to the university. So I think that's another incentive. Like, they might not get as much exposure like swimming. They might not get as much TV time as another sport, but they're still getting the incentive and all from, like, all the the people that come to an event. Because there's people that come to those, like... There are, and... And as far as the incentive goes, a big argument that a lot of people make is that 
they're getting the scholarships and the benefits anyway to pay for that school. So a lot of people up front is just like, well, no, they shouldn't be paid any more than what their school is worth, which in my opinion, doesn't hold as much water as as a lot of people who make that argument think. But I think there's a lot more factors that, that play into it also. You know, a big reason that everybody loves watching March Madness is because of the purity of the sport. You know, you get into the NBAs and a lot of people are like, well, I don't like watching NBA because they really only play hard in the playoffs and they really only play hard, you know, at the end of the quarters or the end of the game and things like that. And you watch... March Madness, and those guys are going all out, and it's not because they're going to have a payday at the end of the day. It's because they want to win that national championship. They're putting in all the work, all the efforts, not because they're getting paid, because they have a love for the sport. So if you start paying those athletes, does it kind of take away from the natural purity and love of the sport in general? Well, no, I can't think of it as we reference that UCLA quarterback that said, less school or whatever. Mm-hmm. See, I don't agree I don't agree with him saying less school. He made a little bit of an argument about getting paid. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Just because you are kind of putting in another 40-hour week job between practices, film, and it's all a, that it's stuff. A, it is. It's a full-time job on top of school. I mean, you're putting in, in a lot of times more hours than than a lot of jobs do. And they should and they're not like a professional sport where they are getting paid to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. People say, well, your education is your reward. Well, is your education going to help you if you take out a million dollar deposit on your knee and your knee blows out and you can't play that sport anymore? Sure. Which is a valid argument. Which, So I think, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot. They don't have to be paid a lot. Like they live off campus, which I don't think a lot of big new universities you can do. Mm-hmm. If they live off campus, like give them something like a hundred dollar stipend for food or something. It doesn't have to be something like they need $600. This they need $600 a week. Just give them a small stipend, like sure. a mo- like a meal plan essentially. See, and that, and, and that, that comes my argument is then, like I said before, do you only pay the ones that are bringing in the money and not the other ones? And then on top of that, like, where does the money come from? I mean, does it come from the school? Does it come from the NCAA? Like, who does it come from? Because if it comes from the NCAA, then, okay, now you have one more regulation on your school as far as like scholarships and things go. And you're take and it's one more thing they can take away in certain instances. If it goes to the school, then it's not regulated to the point where, Alabama athletes might be getting paid X amount of dollars when LSU athletes are getting paid more or less, or you know what I mean? Yeah. So where does the money come from and who decides, who decides where the, you know, what kind of money it is? I would, I would say the NCAA would have to make like a percentage type thing. How much, like how much of a percentage the person should get. But I think that the school should be in charge of gathering the money because you know schools got boosters. You know schools do fundraisers. There's all different types of stuff that they do to raise all this money. And like it might just go to a general athletic fund, athletic department fund. Okay, but what about, I mean, they're getting benefits on top of their school. I mean, they're getting their books paid for and they're getting their meal plans paid for. Like, 
you're more or less writing a check to them because I, I mean, you're paying them is what you're doing. You're writing them a check in and on top of your tuition and all of your expenses that you're taking care of. It's like, Hey, you did a good job this week. So like, here's a hundred dollars for you to go buy a nice jacket, you know, get yourself something nice. I, is that, a, I mean, is that okay? Well, what about walk-ons? They're not getting anything. They're not getting a scholarship. They're not reaping the benefits as like a scholarship player would. So, I mean, they're not, they're not going to have the luxury of just walking out of that school with no loans. Sure. Like, especially, I think this would especially help the walk-on players because you're, we really do want you on this team, but we're not going to give you a scholarship. I hope you, I hope you continue to play though. Give them a little incentive. Like, you know what? You do a good job. Like, you know how they have like the scout team player of the week. You know what? That could be $20 bonus. Like just little incentives to give those walk-on players something more to strive for or give players to strive for. But do you think is that may, I mean, the reason that there's only a certain amount of scholarships given out is so your team sizes aren't big. Like in football, you can, you have 85, there's 85 different scholarship athletes that is your max. And on top of that is your walk, is your walk-ons. Should that be a question to the NCAA, whether, well, rather than 85, should we have 95 scholarship athletes? Should we give an additional few scholarships out to have more kids on there so there's less walk-ins? Or does that just grow the size of your football team a little bit? Well, you don't really need more scholarships because these but, pl- there's a ton of people that are going to graduate. They're going to lose players to graduation or the draft every year. If we're still thinking big time, you're going to lose them to something and then you'll bring a new wave of players in, but you got to take care of who was there first. Right. What do you, what do you think on this topic? Well, I, I don't think they should be paid. Why not? Well, because of those, the, because of the things that I'd already stated, I, I don't think, well, for one, they're already receiving the scholarships, which like I said before, doesn't hold as much water as a lot of people making the argument, but it does need to be brought into the equation because they are, they are in a way getting paid for what they're doing. Do you think, Regardless of how you look at it, they're do, getting paid for what they're doing. Do you think that scholarship would help someone out though? That's on a partial scholarship. They're trying to live off campus to save money. And they didn't really grow up from a very good home life. Do you think that would be able to cover these players? Well, it depends on the scenario. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there just as a, just kind of as just a throw in there. Right. But I mean, there it's the same, it's the same scenario as somebody else who is just going to school also. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only difference is maybe they don't have quite as much time to get a part-time job to pay for it, but it's not like their loans coming due at the, you know, at the, while they're playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody's loan becomes due for until you're out of college by, is it a year? Uh, It's six six, months. Six months. Six months. Okay. So, so it's not like debt's going to eat them up while they're going to school, rather whether they're playing football or whether they're not playing football. There's a lot of kids that go to school and pay for it all out of their back pocket too. You know, but you still have those traditional students that can go and get a job, and they can actually make some money to pay for tuition and sure, stuff. Sure, and that and, and that's that comes with the that comes with being a student athlete. You don't get the but you don't that's get your the choice. Benefit. That's your choice. If you can't go to school and make money, and and you can't afford to do it, then it doesn't matter how good of an athlete you are. I mean, that's just that's economics in general. Like mm-hmm. if you can't pull it off, then you can't do it. I mean, 
I'm sorry if you're good enough where you you know you'll get a full ride to play. Good for you. I love those I love those great stories where people come from nothing, they make it, they get an education paid for, and then they make so, make something of themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's not for everybody. You know, you can't just start. You can't just say, well, because they're an athlete, this and this and this. You know, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You can't give a free handout to everybody. And the thing is, these uh, these the student athletes. How often, how busy are they in the summers? They have to be there for camps. They have to be, it's not just a, all right, you, you got your season and then you're done for a little bit. Sure. You have an off season. You, once you get in the bigger programs, you're not going home again. No. You're not going home for four years. And maybe if you do, it's going to be Christmas time. And how long are you really going to be there? Because, well, you don't have to be back here by this time. But you probably should. Sure. But then again, that comes right back to the same thing that we were talking about before in that it's it's kind of your decision. Like nobody's nobody's holding the gun to your head saying, hey, you have to play with this half scholarship. You know, mm-hmm. if you can't make it work, then you can't make it work. I know, you know, you start you start jumping down to like the division three athletes or even some of the division two athletes like those kids are putting in the same amount of hours in in fact sometimes sometimes more because they're not quite as regulated as what they are at the top some some of those kids are putting in more hours and and they're not getting paid for anything division 3 doesn't allow any kind of scholarships so i mean if if we're not just talking about the giant teams in football and some of the big name guys in basketball in the top tier of the division 1 athletes it's it's it just doesn't it just doesn't hold water throughout the entire college system but, sports system. But if you think about the physical demands compared in an NAI school, and we can we can say this, it's not the extreme as a Division One program. You don't have the cut and dry, and you're not just another number trying to get that championship in a smaller school. Right, you're there for the actual school. Right, and and there's programs obviously like. Um, people could work in the cafeteria. I can't, I'm blanking on the name right now. Sure. And being tutors and stuff. Like, but I mean, that's an opportunity to make money. And then it's kind of just like, that's just an incentive then. Like, you know what? You're going to do your job here at at work here. And then, you know what? Coaches, we found you a job on campus. Right. You work a couple hours. Sure. You'll make some more. I mean, there's, there's opportunities. I mean, it's it's a full time job. It is. It's a full time job. I don't want anybody to take anything else away from that. But at twelve credits, at twelve credits, you know as well as I do, is the minimum that you have to be to be a full time student. You know that that's not a full day of school in itself, right? And so there is time that you can work around, or that you can make your schedule work around. So there's something else. If money was such a problem that you there's just no way you could afford it. For 12 credits, you could make that work outside of your foot. You're going to be busy. You're going to be unbelievably busy, but you could do something to earn a little bit of capital on top of your scholarship. And this is what I'm going to just use this as an example. When I was in school, I had to go to football practice and I also had to do 32 hours a week in clinicals. See, how am I supposed to get this side job? Like I made it work, but how am I supposed to? And every hour I missed at clinicals, 
to go to football practice and meetings, I had to make up. It's a decision. It's a decision, though, at the end of the day. If we're just going basically on financials and you can't afford to do it, you're not going to go into some type of profession that doesn't allow you those type of hours. You know what I mean? Are you going to tell somebody that? In their last year of school. Well, that's it's a decision. It's just like anything else. I mean, what's more important to you, your schooling or the or the athletics at that point? And you're you know, and you're if somebody's if somebody's them to work, right? If some, but if somebody's a if somebody's a scholarship athlete, if I'm if if I'm the if I'm the institution, if I'm the college, and I'm saying, tell you what, I will give you half of your tuition off if you come and play football for us. Okay, it's like I'm paying you to play football. I'm just doing it in a different way. Now, if you, if if you're that same athlete and you're like, you know what, I can't afford that other half. Well, maybe they'll work with you. Maybe they won't. If they don't, maybe football is not right for you. Maybe it, maybe it's just not fitting. The same thing as in the profession. If you know going in that your major has a ton of clinical hours that might not work around your football schedule, well, I'm sorry, but you either have to change your profession or you can't you can't play the said sport. But how often do you get a half scholarship in a smaller school? Well, if we're taught now, smaller schools are that's, different. That's, smaller just, schools are different. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is a different we, argument. We were kind of going big schools. I'm just bringing it back to another level because if we want to just include all college athletes, because that was kind of what we were at, no, college athletes. Sure, sure. And we kind of went, we went the big style and now just kind of, Swaying around. If we if we dive back to smaller schools, they're not as common. Full rides are not as common in smaller schools because they'd like to uh, give out more scholarships to more kids to entice more kids to be there, um, rather than you know a said number of full ride scholarships. Yep. You know you're trying to give money to as many people as what you can. Yep. Right. But as you said earlier, a lot of times in the smaller programs are less physically and time demanding than what they are at the high levels, mm-hmm. right? And when you said, like you said earlier about uh, you not just being a number to win that national championship, they're going to work with you, you know, to make things happen. Yeah. And you know, in your scenario, they they worked with you to make those clinicals work. They, they kind of helped you around with your schedule. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, I had to make up every hour I missed but, but on it was my o- day off. Right, but it was... but it was okay. You know, it wasn't like in, in a lot of football programs, if you missed a practice, you'd be out. Or if you missed a clinical, maybe you'd be out. And I know that you had to make them up, but at least you were allowed to make those, make those up. You know what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm getting at? Yeah. I know what you're getting at. I just feel like for as much work as some people put in that they need to be, they need to be rewarded for the, for the work when they can't, and it's and it's it's an age old debate and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hear it for a long time. We're we're going a little bit over on time here, so I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to cut it short. But as I said before, it's an age old debate and me and you aren't gonna solve it yeah. in, in a half hour, I can tell you that. Yeah, that's kinda of what I'm thinking too. So, um I guess do you have anything else before we before we close the episode? I know that we could probably talk for this for hours yeah but do you have any other big issues that we didn't really get to and i think we kind of hit a lot of them okay yeah i know that there's some smaller ones and i know that we'll probably get some feedback from everybody so if you have any uh questions comments ideas or anything along those issues in this particular episode or, or even any other ones 
uh, let us know. Um, we'd, we'd sure like you guys to all be as involved in possi- as possible. Uh, we know that especially a lot of uh, the guys that we've played with or in all the, the other sports that we went to college with, you probably have some ideas. Seriously, guys, reach out. Um, we would love to share your thoughts and ideas on the show, and we'd love to have you on there. Uh, so for everybody else, uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can reach us by email at theanswerexchange at gmail.com or on Twitter with the Twitter handle at answer underscore exchange. Also, be sure to like and subscribe so you guys never miss an episode, and we really hope you enjoyed. So until next time. Thanks for listening. 